0: You're listening to the PMO Strategies Podcast, where PMO leaders become impact drivers. This is episode 164. Well, hey there, impact driver. Welcome to the PMO Strategies Podcast. I am your host, Laura Bernard. And today we're going to be talking about something that you may or may not be thinking about. What's the difference between going agile and business agility? You see, many organizations are adopting agile methods to get things done, and this has sparked some opportunity and change for the PMO. Now, in episode 158, I was joined by Ben Chamberlain, and we discussed the role of the PMO in driving business agility. Now today, we're going to dive deeper into one of the places that many organizations lose their way when trying to achieve greater business agility, and that's confusing Big A Agile with Little A Agility. We're going to look at how you can avoid confusing going agile from an implementation perspective with the brilliant opportunity you have in the PMO to lead your organization toward a more adaptive and responsive operating model. Before we dive in, this episode is sponsored by the PMO Impact Summit, the world's longest running virtual conference specifically for PMO leaders is back in September, on September 27th and 28th, with recordings available the entire week. Make sure you register now for free so that you are able to take advantage of all the goodies and surprises I have coming for those that register early. Now, this event is specifically for PMO leaders. We are going to help you elevate your role of the PMO in your organization and position you to make the biggest impact possible in your organization. If you're looking to elevate your career, get that PMO off the ground, or simply add more value with your PMO, we've got you covered. Make sure you register for free at pmoimpactsummit.com. We're going to elevate you, your role, the PMO, and you're not going to want to miss all the fun we have in store. I can't wait to see you there. Just go to PMOimpactsummit.com right now to register for free. And today I have with me Ben Chamberlain back for this episode to dive deep into this topic. He is the Chief Product Officer for UMT 360 and is responsible for the strategic direction and worldwide go-to-market activities for UMT 360's strategic portfolio management software solutions. He's an accomplished enterprise software executive with more than a decade of experience building innovative strategic portfolio management solutions that have helped global 2000 companies drive business transformation and increase their business agility. So I think you can see why I wanted Ben here with me today to talk about a really important topic that many PMO leaders aren't even thinking about business agility, one, the role of the PMO in driving that business agility, and why strategic portfolio management is the key to business agility. Okay, Ben, you ready to dive in? Thank you so much for being here.
1: Thanks for having us again.
0: Absolutely. And I'm so excited to partner with you for the upcoming September PMO Impact Summit. It's going to be such a blast. And we have so many great topics we've been discussing, diving into in that session. And I want to give people a little teaser on something that we're really going to go deep on in the summit in September, which is business agility and the role of the PMO in driving business agility. But before we can do that, I think we need to set the stage a little bit with the difference between Big A, Agile, and Agility, and then, then what that actually means when we start talking about business agility. How about we start there?
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's been a lot of talk over recent years about transformation of various forms, right? Digital business. Now we hear a lot about agile transformation, but I'm not sure. And I think we talked about this on on the last episode. I'm I'm not sure organizations are embarking on monolithic transformation. They more want to be able to. Establish business agility to better respond to whatever disruptions come their way. Right, and mm-hmm. we're coming out of uh, maybe we're still in midst of uh, many disruptions. Whether it was the global pandemic, you know, we've seen a lot of social and political unrest. You know, we're bracing ourselves for economic impact. All this stuff is disrupting to businesses, positive or negatively, need to improve decision-making to drive business agility. Now it was about a time where we sold all our stuff based on, you know, you need to be able to very quickly respond when a new competitor enters the market space. That was the traditional disruption that we're used to. But now obviously there's many other forms of disruption. So to me, And to many, it's business agility is, as Mike Tyson said, right? Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth, right? You've got to be able to improve decision-making as things play out. And that's what business agility is about, responding to changes in an effective manner. And we're not talking about a form of executing on a plan, which is the agile.
0: Right. Exactly right. I'm always telling our students that... Agile, Big A Agile is simply an implementation methodology to get you through the execution of project delivery. It's a choice you make to execute in a certain way to achieve the business outcomes, not just outputs for that strategic initiative or any initiative. However, there's a lot that goes on outside of the execution lifecycle. The way I break it up for our students is there's the activities that happen in the strategy definition stage, where you're defining the strategy, setting up the portfolio, figuring out all the activities that need to happen that turn into projects, if done right, coming from the strategy versus bottom up, which we'll get into in a little bit. And then there's the actual execution, the strategy delivery components, but then there's the part that comes after, which is strategy realization. Actually, achieving the business outcomes, right? That happen after the project is delivered. A lot of people say, okay, well, the project lifecycle, that's where we're doing all of the work and achieving the outcomes, but not really, because that's getting us to the outputs. But after that is when we're able to start measuring, did we achieve the business outcomes, right? So there's, if you break it up in those three simple stages, there's a lot that's actually happening outside of the world of Big A Agile, which like you said, is around the execution so it seems to me that we need to be looking at how might we shift our focus to that front end of the process and i believe that portfolio management has always been a job of the pmo to be able to support that process but why do you believe it's so critical right now with this drive toward greater business agility and a focus on greater business agility
1: i think portfolio management and we've been focused on portfolio management for, I think this is Ever. our 20-year 20, <laughs> 20 anniversary. Exactly. Uh, this year. It's always been around making better decisions, aligning investments with strategy, or I'll go one step further now to say deriving the execution directly from the strategy. Mm -hmm. So it's always been the separation of church and state between portfolio management being a better decision support and project management of any flavor being how to effectively execute. You need to have both those things in mind when looking at effectively delivering on your strategy and effectively responding to change because nothing, as we said earlier, plays out necessarily the way you expect. Now, going back to what I said around transformation, right? Transformation has and still is the buzzword at at the moment. And that's got, I think, many organizations or many PMOs within within organizations a little confused, right? Because no one's going to give you a hard time at the moment to embarking on an agile transformation, right? I mean, people seem to be doing that all the time. But what I think is a problem is if you just focus as you said on the agile execution part of that and defer your investments in portfolio management right now i'm not sure many people are going to be doing that as much as they were three years ago three years ago when when organizations are embarking on this we were saying to them listen that's fine but don't defer your investment in portfolio management because in six to 18 months what all you're going to do is bump into all the same issues you have with your waterfall because you've deferred portfolio management right it wasn't and i've talked about this before it wasn't until I think it was 2004 when Gartner created Project and Portfolio Management, the discipline, mm. put those mm-hmm. two pieces together. And they put these two pieces together for that exact reason, want to select the right investments and then go and deliver on them effectively. My frustration back then was that between 2004 and almost 2010, portfolio management the second P was deferred most PMOs were still focused on time reporting and various other aspects and were focused on the value side of things now mm-hmm. between 2010 and now there has been a transition a slow transition but if you think about it within the last I think about two years now maybe 80 eight, months Gartner's actually turned around and done the opposite which is they've separated portfolio management so they've created a new discipline called strategic portfolio management from what they're calling now adaptive project management and reporting, which is any form of project execution. For the simple reason they're saying that for an organization and in turn a PMO to derive value, they have to focus on that second P. And so they've lifted strategic portfolio management out as a separate discipline, which should be invested in in parallel with however you are executing work. Now, if that is 100% agile, that is fine. And there's nothing wrong with that. The right. other important thing to what Gartner said in redefining how they look at the market is that they're saying adaptive project management and reporting equals any form of project execution, agile, waterfall, and everything in between, which is in stark contrast to what everyone was saying three, four years ago, which was the word project is dead. It's everything's going to be a product. Everything's going to be agile in essence saying there's going to be a one size fits all way of executing change across an enterprise. Which, for those of us that have been doing this for a while, that's not ever going to be the case. So, Never. so the recognition now, the kind of 180 that Garden has taken from project to product, and that going to be that's going to be the only way of working, aka okay, agile way of delivering, to adaptive project manager reporting is recognizing what's happening in enterprise, which is yes, there's going to be pockets and maybe many functions that rely on agile execution, and that's going to be right for them, mm-hmm. but there's also going to be other parts of the organization that rely on other forms of execution waterfall or otherwise which is right for them and whether you're specializing in agile execution or other forms of execution you're still going to need to layer the portfolio management layer on right and going back to what i said before right when an organization embarks on monolithic agile transformation they went kind of bottom up with the teams right and then within six to 18 months we're saying okay Now we need to scale our agile, and that's where all these different methodologies have come from, which introduce concepts of portfolio management for agile, which is great, assuming that agile is the one size fits all execution methodology. But then what do you do if you have four different functions in an organization executing in different styles, how do you then harmonize the portfolio controls to improve decision making to better respond to disruption across different techniques
0: right right well first of all just to let everyone that's listening know we're going to dive much deeper on that we can talk a little bit more about it today but we're going to dive much deeper into that and the summit because this is something i think people really need to see hands on and figure out how to do that because that's the reality we're facing and ben you were talking about this stuff has all been around for a while In my experience, starting my first PMO in 1999, the very first service that we created, I didn't even know it was called PMO. I didn't even know it was called portfolio management, but that is the very first thing that we did because- To me, I was saying, okay, well, what's the scope of what we're managing, right? What do we need to know about that? It leads so naturally into let's get a list of all the projects we're doing, right? Let's get a list of all the activities that are happening, right? And then the very next thing we did was create an adaptive, a flexible implementation model. So that project managers could choose on their projects, the best way to implement and the role of the PMO was to provide services and support and resources, however they chose to execute on the project delivery. So to me, this has always been the way you've done it. And it's just interesting to watch the methodology zealots and it must all be this way and everything fits into this model. And whenever I hear one size fits all or there's only one way to do things, I know that people have blinders on because the real world, Ben, that you and I have been living in, and I can tell you all of our Impact Engine PMO students and coaching participants, they're all dealing with the inability to make one size fits all a reality. And so I think that you're hitting on something really important, which is making sure that any model that we build for the PMO is adaptive and supportive of the reality of the situations they're dealing with whether it's one department does things a certain way and another department does things another way for example let's say it is all in on products and agile implementation approach which is often the case uh, great that's fine but then in a different part of the organization they need to be want to be are more effective with a waterfall approach or something like that. But I can tell you, even in our most waterfall-y days, we were still doing Agile from a little a Agile perspective and even some big A, meaning that we were being adaptive and flexible and engaging with our users and getting feedback and then iterating based on what we were hearing and seeing. To me, that's the only thing that makes sense because if you look at, and I tell our students this all the time, if you look at the Agile Manifesto, what in there do you disagree with? Right. (laughs) I mean, it was what I have been told is that it was created in response to the rigid structure of the waterfall world. Right. And at the same time, if you look at how people have chosen to implement agile, like for example, like you're saying with agile transformations, we're all in. Everything's going to be agile, and it's going to be very strict and just like this, and you must not deviate. I feel like we're falling short of the original ideas, the tenets of what big A agile was meant to represent, which was collaborative, flexible, adaptive, customer focused, and results or like I like to say outcomes over outputs. So I think that there's it's interesting to watch when you see, that the same problems people were trying to get away from with a strictly waterfall world, they're facing in a strictly agile world. And that's why I think many agile transformations are failing is because they're just going so extreme and saying that there's a one-size-fits-all approach to execution. And I just don't think that's the reality many people are living in.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, mean, to me, any of these methodologies, they're all guilty of providing the pain-by-numbers way of, of doing government, right? Right? <laughs> right. When people ask me about governance, to me, it's like brakes on the car, right? It's mm-hmm. there to go faster, not to slow you down.
0: Right. And then when we
1: think about establishing transformation office, the PMO, whatever you want to call it, we have some customers that do build the Bible in terms of thou shalt do this, this, and right. this in every single situation. But to me, that's one of the biggest mistakes, regardless of the execution, I haven't got to an execution methodology yet. Right. As you're creating that more broader function to govern things in your enterprise, you actually should be asking yourself, I need to establish the minimum enterprise standards, right? Right. Not maximum enterprise standards. And that's even before we get down to executing work, right? And the other way to look at this in my mind is there's not many real executives in an organization could tell you the difference between agile execution or waterfall execution right right and nor do they care right
0: right and nor in- should they that's yeah. really <laughs> that's way in the weeds
1: and this is what kind of frustrates me is everyone talks about agile being so important or any execution methodology being so important but at the end of the day work is funded based on what it is what the value it's going to bring when you're going to get it and so yes when is important Right, mm-hmm. right, we, right. We live, we live in the real world, and how much is it going to cost? And maybe you know what's the implication, or do I have the right headcount? But that's kind of a little tactical. So in the day, when people are making those decisions in terms of strategically what invest to, to invest in, they haven't asked how you're going to execute it. Right. I mean, right. It's what is it? What's the value? When am I going to get it? And how much is going to cost? You know, value over cost. You choose to go waterfall. You choose to go agile. Pick your poison. Right.
0: Just get the results. Do what you said you're going to do and get it done. And not just in a way that's checking boxes and creating a bunch of deliverables and outputs. Let's make sure it's actually going to achieve our outcomes. And in a way, you touched on it with value over cost, in a way that's going to ensure that we achieve the highest possible return on investment we can as quickly as possible. And Mm -hmm. I think that's the part that people are forgetting. That's the all How do we think about when we are in the front end of the process, the middle of the process, that we ensure that the end is actually achieved? And we've got to shift our focus from pretending that methodology of any sort is the end versus the means, right? It's the way we're choosing to get there, but if we get so caught up on a specific execution, of strategy, we're missing the entire point, which is like you said, what the business leaders are actually trying to drive toward. And I think that that was a brilliant emphasis here to help our impact drivers kind of shift their thinking from being so focused on the tactics and really kind of coming up and looking at the strategy and how we help the organization achieve the strategy. And you started touching on it with respect to governance. And I'd really like to dive a little deeper in there because I think that's where the magic comes in, if done right, how can you, let's talk about this. So we've been talking about all these different methodologies and let's assume that we're in the real world where there are a lot of different execution strategies, methodologies for getting things done. How can you apply a top-down governance model that works for all of those? And let's say, let's keep our agile teams agile and let's keep our hybrid teams hybrid and whatever, whatever those methodology choices are. What is that line that you can kind of draw across all of them and say, okay, this is something that we can manage to report on and get good data consistently across all these different parts of the organization that might be doing things differently.
1: I think we may touch on this in more detail in the subsequent episode, but for us, how organizations evolve their top-down investment planning approaches from what we call project-driven all the way through to product or capability aligned investment approaches to derive the execution directly from the strategy Mm -hmm. is fundamentally important it's actually the journey that every organization is on today from a strategic portfolio management maturity perspective part of the complications is as you mature from a project driven to a product program driven to a product aligned capability aligned investment model is also how do you harmonize across any form of execution and what that means invariably is lightening the governance controls on the work, an epic or a project or anything in between it doesn't necessarily mean, and elevating that to the right level that the stakeholders need to be able to see the woods for the trees and Mm -hmm. reallocate funds as situations unfold. So when I talk about product and program driven, what that means is that you start from the strategy. So what's one of the key things in deriving execution from the strategy is actually to start with a strategy. Strategy is a living, breathing thing you can touch, not just a field that you uh, map a project against or whatever right. it is. You do or, or
0: put on a shelf that you visit once a year yeah. and then nobody ever talks about it again. Or even worse, strategies developed in some kind of black box with the leadership team and not even talked about again outside of that.
1: Yeah. And that's kind of the project-driven investment approach, step one, Right. right. The so defined strategy in a dark room, exactly. silo, you know normally aligned with an annual planning process, and then it was part of that annual planning process, the requests come in, you build business cases, part of the business case is to map the projects in against the strategy, right, so you're assessing the contribution, but they were generated disconnected, right, so you know, you never know if you started out with the right demand, you know, you selected the best of whatever was teed up because you filtered out the best based on whatever your strategy was now. That is a bottom-up process and normally aligns to traditional annual planning. But as you move to product and or program driven investment approaches, you start with a strategy. It's the first place you start. You decompose down into maybe business unit strategies into underlying metrics. You use that to generate actionable pieces of work, not at the execution level. That could be at the program level. That could be at the initiative level. That could be at the product level. It could be a combination of those things. If you're harmonizing across different execution Mm -hmm. techniques, you fund at that level. That is the point of governance. You're funding at right. that macro level. That's where you're assessing the outcomes against, and then you allow people to generate the execution, the projects, the epics, whatever, within the funding guardrails of that product, within the funding funding guardrails of that program, within the funding guardrails of that initiative. Right. So right. you could have a product that is 100% agile and everyone then decomposes epics, features, stories, tasks, or whatever the agile decomposition is, you could have a program, right, which is 100% traditional, funding guardrails at the program level, governance controls at the program level, but then the program manager can tee up a you know, project one, two, three, four within the guardrails of that, uh, and execute in a traditional mode, or you could have an initiative that is hybrid or a product that is hybrid, right, following right. the same philosophy. The benefit of this is that the execution teams can operate to a degree unhindered right at that point right. or epic level but the stakeholders do have that level of control higher up because the governance has been elevated because as you transition to that product or and or program driven investment approach we're also transitioning from an annual planning approach to a continuous dynamic planning approach which to me has become synergistic with agile execution but as you said you know 20 years ago 15 years ago 10 years ago we were doing dynamic planning on traditional portfolios i mean portfolio management has always been about continuous planning right
0: right regardless
1: of the execution technique so it 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 sounds simple right but to me you know we i think we've all been doing this long enough now as we said three times to see cycles repeating right what is different necessarily from a kind of dna or demographic point of view of coming from strategy to fund a program putting funding guard roles of the program and executing a traditional mode then coming from the strategy funding a product and coming down into the underlying agile execution it's the same they're cousins of one another yes there's right in terms of both approaches have relative strengths and weaknesses but we're not reinventing the wheel here right this has been done many times before and there's just little tweaks going on and as we've talked about in previous episodes people just remarket things, right? We're all marketeers in terms of what we do. And it's very easy to say benefit realization never achieved. So now we're moving to OKR. They're all cousins of one another at the end of the day.
0: Right. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And at the end of the day, it's very simple. Like you said, the business leaders are focused on here's the strategy I want delivered. And here's the outcomes. Here's how we'll know we're successful. And we've got to understand when we're going to get it and how much it costs. And like you said, I think it's important that you, what you just kind of put this little brilliant nugget, a value nugget, like in there and just kind of glossed over it. But this is a big deal. The whole thing around worrying about the resources. I think that what we need to do, a lot of people are focused on, well, we have a resource management problem. I don't actually think we have a resource management problem. As I tell my students to tell their CEOs, you have a, you're shoving 10 pounds of stuff in a five pound bag problem. Right. So if you if you build from strategy top down, like you're always talking about and you can clearly say, okay, here's what you want to accomplish. Here are the projects that will get us there. Then you can have a much more intelligent conversation about here's what we have to actually execute on that and when. We can execute on that because we don't want to start every single project in the organization at the same time, because then you've got fractions of people running around getting absolutely nothing done and looking way too busy. So I'm glad we touched on that. And this is all to just tease our next episode, which will be in September, where we're going to dive deeper into this whole thing around deriving execution from strategy. So with that, Ben, I want to leave it here. Leave everyone waiting for that next episode because I think we've covered the topic we really need to hear around. The differences between big A agile and agility, and at the top level, how to address portfolio management governance and support the organization from a PMO perspective in driving greater business agility so that we can achieve the business outcomes we're looking for. Don't forget, this episode is sponsored by the PMO Impact Summit, the world's largest and longest running virtual PMO conference that takes place for free right at PMOImpactSummit.com. If you're looking to elevate your role in your organization, make a bigger impact with your PMO and discover ways that you can help your organization deliver on strategy with the highest possible return on investment as quickly as possible, you must be at the PMO Impact Summit this year. Just go to PMOImpactSummit.com to register for free. And the sooner you register, the better, because I've got goodies and surprises for all of my impact drivers. Can't wait to see you there. Okay. With that said, Ben, thank you so much for being here today. I can't wait to dive into the next episode and have you back in September to talk about driving execution from strategy. And we're going to go really deep on all this stuff at the PMO Impact Summit. So for those of you that are not yet registered for the PMO Impact Summit, make sure you go register for free right now. It's PMOImpactSummit.com. And I can't wait to take all of you on this high impact journey to elevating your impact and the PMO. Bye for now.